Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. James Ross, faithful. Christmas comes this time each year. What a weird song. It's such a weird... Man, there's some weird Christmas there music. Are, there are. Such weird Christmas there music. There are weird Christmas uh, music. Just listen to some of... Last Christmas, I gave you... My, my six-year-old Christmas. sings that all the time. I'm like, how, really? did, how did you even learn this one? It's probably because it's just been on at our house. Yeah. But uh, she goes around singing it all the time, a little six-year-old. Have there, any, any, have there been any like recent, like, this is now a hit Christmas songs? This is I know now a hit? Mm. Justin Bieber's Mistletoe? That's not a hit yet, Yeah, it's not it? really like... It's not like Christmas canon. Like Mariah Carey, all of her Christmas, that's now Christmas canon. Yeah, that's canon. like it's 30 years that, ago, like, yeah. though, right? But there's nothing. I mean, what else since then is like Christmas yeah, canon? Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like how modern worship Besides songs. Christmas shoes. Modern worship songs shouldn't be sung. Only song, <laughs> hymns. Ever. Yeah. Only songs that were written at least 100 years ago, but just, not more than 200 because we don't si- know those. Si- since you preached on worship this <laughs> past right. Sunday, I figured I'd... That's right. With a riveting I, That's what I took away from right. the sermon is yeah. like anything that's new... <laughs> Yeah, we were listening in the car on the way home, and you like said, "Be quiet!" And my son was like, "Who said that?" And I was like, "No, that was Justin doing his Lewis Miller, like speaking in multiple voices." Great job, by the way, Justin. Thanks, man. It's it's you know when you when you're a worship pastor, one there's really no pressure when you preach. (laughs) There is. People People think you do a terrible job. If you do a terrible job, people are like, "Oh well, at least he could sing." (laughs) I always get texts when you preach. They're like, "Man, Justin can preach." I'm like. First of all, like <laughs> you hear him talk enough to know like he's he's a good communicator. Somewhat can put together Secondly, do you think I'm gonna put him up there if he's just <laughs> terrible? Because like, it's the guys, Sunday after Thanksgiving, y'all are so stuffed. Because it's in the Bible, and yeah, it's just yeah. Exactly. There are some like certain times of year you're like you know the pastor's not gonna be preaching like yeah, Sunday after know, Thanksgiving, yeah, you know, like Labor Day, Sunday weekend. after Christmas, which I always preach the Sunday after Christmas. Hey, and this Sunday, this year, Christmas is a Sunday, so yes, and yeah, I will so be teaching that Sunday. Teaching. So. There we go. So we'll see you there. Yeah, uh, yeah. But hey, it's still November because we love Jesus, uh, so we still worship on Christmas. That's right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't like Man, those others. have you seen all this stuff Ooh, on Facebook? I have seen some stuff. I I might post this. So if I've already posted this before tomorrow when this airs. Sorry, Justin, because you right. cringe when you see that okay. I posted on Facebook. Oh, no. I, I but, get alerts. No, Facebook alerts me oh, when man. you post. <laughs> and it triggers because you. it's like, oh, you probably should check out to make sure he doesn't need to delete something. <laughs> I, I appreciate that you would tell me I if you thought I I don't know how I that happened, to. but it does. Like, it's just funny. I, I would appreciate that you would tell me. So My I have, phone and listens to us and knows that we talk a lot. That's and right. So it's like, that's you should right. check out what he said online. You probably, like, subscribed to me sometime when Facebook was different, like, 20 years ago. Yeah, and so. it's still grandfathered. Get notifications of anybody else. I was gonna say something. I don't even remember what I was gonna say. Oh, you're gonna post Christmas oh, Sunday. Oh, yeah. I was gonna post like, hey, we are having service on Christmas Day. But just so you know, if you're not, you still love Jesus and Jesus still loves you because people have been basically like, yeah. you are, you are Satan's spawn, <laughs> you know, if you don't meet on Sunday the 25th. I'm like, eh. You know. Come yeah, on. Anyway. It, it's, I, what yeah. it is. Now keep Christ central in your yeah, celebration of absolutely. Christmas, right? But, you know, and go with your conviction yeah. and you know, have a lot of grace for others. But um, yeah, so there we go. That was a, it's November still for a few more days, and November is... Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, I'm moving too fast. No, 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 I'm, no I'm moved, I moved on to December. No, I'm good. sorry. No, we, uh, because we don't want to neglect something that's very important in the month of November, and that is National Adoption Month. I mean, I know that everything now has its month. There's a month for everything mm-hmm. you want to celebrate, but this one's actually been around for a while, and we did not want to let November go by without talking about adoption and spending some time talking about uh, adoption, foster care, and orphan care. So mm-hmm. um, 
I mean, this is important not just to us as pastors and, and as as fathers as a family, but it's important because with this what the Bible teaches the right. people of God to do. So I think a lot of times um, people are like, "Oh, well, you guys talk about that because that's your family." Yeah. Uh, or you talk about it because you're well, I thought well, it's in the Bible, and right. so we're going to talk about it just like we would talk about money, or just like we would talk about a number of other subjects that are mentioned and taught about in Scripture, and really what we want to talk about is the gospel and foster care and adoption, uh, and really what is the church's responsibility and role in all of this. So. Yeah, I, I, you hit on first, like, something I think is important to address is the tension of this topic, and I do feel like that it, it's interesting because because we are a foster and adoptive family, and you guys are an adoptive family, that um, some people feel like you know, we're in some way being legalistic about it and mm-hmm. talking about it, dogmatic about it. Um, and I would just say to that, like, I don't, I don't really feel like my tone has ever been that about it or your tone has ever been that about it. But I will say if like by dogmatic, you mean religious about it, the Bible does say pure and undefiled religion <laughs> is this to yeah. care for the widows and the orphans in their need and keep yeah. oneself unstained from mm-hmm. the world. And so I, I, I do think like, I would ask you, like, what is it that you feel defensive about when people bring up this topic? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, and and if it's that you have your life circumstances don't allow you to do this, like, you just gotta you gotta settle that at the cross, like, mm-hmm. you know, and like, uh, you know, unfortunately, like, you wish you could do this, but why aren't you a champion for the families that can do it? Secondly, I, and I really do think this is a lot of it. I think. In America, specifically, a lot of us are in positions where we can do something about it, and yet, and, and I love you, but I think consumerism mm. and meism yeah. has really gotten in the way of looking beyond ourselves into helping in ways that are beyond just an angel tree. And I know, I'm sorry, like that's a good you know, and, and packing yeah. meals, which we do both those yes, things, exactly. right? So those but are not like, bad things, but yeah. it's, it, it does, it can't, it should go beyond that. Yeah, Absolutely. it's not messy to pick up angel tree thing and buy a few things. Mm-hmm. It's not messy to pack a meal on a Sunday. Like, well, actually it does get messy in the sanctuary <laughs> and our properties manager gets upset about it, but yeah. I'm just kidding. He doesn't, but, but it's messy when we really say, I'm going to step into this. Absolutely. And that's, that's really, it's messy no matter what situation you're dealing with, when you are dealing with brokenness, right. and really foster care adoption centers around something that's broken. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it really is, it's, it's the result of, of, a fallen world. You know, I think one of the things that's been said about us and our kids or and you've heard it and other people have said it and I know that they mean well. It's like your kids are so lucky uh to be adopted. And well, no, cuz lucky kids don't have to be. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know, they you know, the I got the 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 best option is for families to stay together for there never to be a need, but there is a need uh because we live in a in a broken world. And I, I go back to what you said about if you feel like people are talking about this and they're being like everyone, and there are people who are like, everyone should do this, and they're wrong. Not everyone should be right. a foster yeah. adoptive family. I've met some of you. You yeah. should. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know that's it. But, but I do think if you do have that, like, that, that, that pause in your spirit, like, should we? You need to investigate that. You right. need to pray right. about that. You need to search the scripture and, and ask, because it could be that God is asking you to do that. Um, and I think a lot of times, um, you know, different people have different motivations or reasons. I know friends who it's like they were praying about things and they were just like, man, God laid on our heart that we were called to do this. We, we were supposed to do this. 
great. And some were like, well, we were just reading the Bible, and we were like, well, it says to do it, so let's do it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then other, you know, there's just there's a number of reasons and motivations, mm-hmm. and then there's some who get into it for the wrong motivations, think they're yep. going to rescue someone because right. they're amazing. And, um, and I think that the process of foster care adoption will humble you uh, like few other things do uh, mm-hmm. in life simply because it's a hard and broken process, mm-hmm. you know, dealing mm-hmm. with the courts, dealing with um, the effects of trauma uh, and whether on your child, mm-hmm. but also the effects of trauma, uh, on, you know, as you, you guys have interacted with birth families and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's hard and mm-hmm. it's messy, but the things that are worth the most are usually the messiest to go right. through. Yeah, know? I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that people get into it for all kinds of different reasons, but I think ultimately, like, trusting in the sovereignty of God and how we end up where we are, where, where He wants us to be, and what are we going to do with it is is really uh, important. I think, you know, um, I think what's central to this idea is that we're not the rescuer. I think you've said that before, like, Jesus is the rescuer, and we just are the um, ones that are ultimately to point Him point to him as the rescuer. Mm -hmm. And I, and I do think like, um, and maybe other cultures struggle with this as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I mean, I'm going to speak to our culture. Like, uh, we're the great white hope, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're going to come in and we're going to save this child from, uh, the bad Chinese people or the bad Indian people or the bad African-American culture. Like, Mm -hmm. and we're going to give this kid this white life that everybody should want. And, and I'm not saying that everybody like says that. I I don't think anyone says that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But people that is, they're like, I, it's a worldview of like, I have this, I'm, I've got it so good. And I want to give this to someone yeah. else and this we and, are the standard. And I think I think it's more like there's subtle traces of that in what we're doing, not like that's yeah. 100% who we are. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to recognize like that's that's the American, you know, perspective of what's going on where the Christian perspective is really like we are trying to uh, be agents of reconciliation, yeah. you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth it is as it is in heaven. And so like then when you do that, you acknowledge how messy it is because otherwise you're trying to make it this clean cut. Like I adopted this child. They should be so fortunate. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's not that way. <laughs> yeah. It's not that way. <laughs> if you ask my killer, are they, are they lucky to be there? They was like, what do you mean? Like, right. no, I'm, I am. It's just not. Ezra's like, you're lucky to have me, bro. <laughs> and we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that child, man. What I am. What yeah, I am. Yeah. Well, um, you know, as we talk about foster care adoption, uh, so, you know, if, if you feel like you should do that, you know, you can contact us. We, we support several agencies, work with One More Child with foster care here in our area, other adoption agencies, and beyond that. Let's talk about some practical things that people can do mm-hmm. uh, for foster care and for adoption. And, and you guys have been, uh, as a family, been on the receiving, and we, us too. You know, what yeah. are some practical things that have helped you guys as a family, whether it's been individuals or the church as a whole that has helped you as a family or that you've seen other, other families do? Because people ask me that all the time. Yeah. I'm like, I want to I ask somebody else this question. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that you have to realize, like, for for a, a, a foster family, and then you can speak to adoptive families too. We're adoptive family, but it was through foster care. Like, there's so much time that you don't see. It's not just, you know, bringing in that child into your home. It's dealing with caseworkers and it's dealing with court dates and it's, it's dealing with, you know, all, all of the things, the, getting the child the right services they need. You're being an advocate. So it's just time consuming. And so I think that anything that you do uh, for those families to alleviate their time, whether it's prepare a meal, uh, you know, or, or just help out, like, um, is a huge deal. It goes, it goes a, a huge way. And I would say that most foster 
families. Like there are the extreme people that are just like, hey, we're going to tell you what we need, are not the kind of people that are going to say we need help because they're the ones who are trying to help and they exactly. don't want to be a burden. And so you just got to like bring them a meal, mm-hmm. bring them a gift card and just, you know, and, and just do it. Um, so that that would be a big one. And then, you know, uh, obviously, man, the diaper drive, like we do one more child, I have a shirt I'm representing today. Here's like, yeah. you know, I have an that that's that's an expense that is not covered mm-hmm. um you know like basically you know we get a stipend for having a foster child but um you know depending on the age of that child and circumstances that could go very quick and so that's mm-hmm. an expense that is not covered and so that's a huge blessing um and then a lot of these families you know they're just for us, I know there's not a lot of people we're going to leave our kids with, mm-hmm. um, especially opening up like, you know, the fact that the government now has more input into us mm-hmm. as parents. And so like being that trusted person who can give a date night for those people who who yeah. really might not have reprieve, um, that's a valuable thing. Um, and then I would say the biggest thing for foster parents is they need community with people who get them and get what they're going through. That doesn't need to be their only community, mm-hmm. but they do need to be able to meet with people and that needs to be provided, which we do provide that here at our church as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a great plug for the connect group that we have for foster adoptive families. Uh, there's an amazing leader of that group. Uh, her name is Christy Wyatt, uh, but that's a great I was going to say you have a thing for her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think she's cute, uh, yeah. uh, but she's, uh, she leads that helps facilitate that. And it's really that, that space, you know, one of the things you mentioned, they need, we need community. Uh, we also need people who really aren't uh, involved in the community of foster adoption, right. who aren't foster adoptive families, who who have a little more margin right. in some ways, because there are, in many cases, not all foster adoptive families are dealing with issues that other families aren't in terms of uh, behaviors caused by trauma, and you know, and so there's just, it, you know this we could go on about that, but um, we need both families need both. So if you're a foster adoptive family listening, know that you need to find support for the issues you're dealing with, or even just someone who gets what you're going through, but you also need support outside of that as well. Um, that's, that's huge. And that's important. I think one of the things you mentioned about receiving help, I think that was something we learned as a family was really hard to do at first was, uh, receiving help. And I think uh, I would encourage anyone who's listening to this foster adoptive, if someone offers help, just say yes. And I think that um, was something that we felt convicted about because, you know, people were, would offer to bring a meal. And we're like, no, we're okay. We're okay. And we're like, you know what? Let's say yes. And watch how really God provides so often uh, and has provided so many ways. And people want to serve. And we, we can't say you should do something to support families and then say no when they try. Right. Um, yeah. And and it has been a huge blessing to us, but it also opens up the opportunity to share what's going on with our family or, you know, just let, invite them into the story mm-hmm. and really be a picture of what you know, community mm-hmm. of what the Bible mm-hmm. you know, models for us as far as, you know, believers and community. Agreed. But it's hard to ask for, I've talked about that in my sermon briefly, it's just hard to ask for help. Uh, some, it's hard to be needy, and and we are. Yeah, so. the scripture tells us to carry each other's burdens. That's, mm-hmm. that's uh, in Galatians, dealing with, you know, the church family. And so, you know, if, if a foster family or adoptive family intentionally brings a burden upon their family, uh, because God has blessed them in such a way that now their life is interrupted. That's a burden that we're to carry with them. And so I think like really taking ownership of that as if there are family uh, who's brought mm-hmm. this in it, it is very valuable, you know, uh, and honestly, I mean, 
you know, just being supportive and encouraging and, 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 you know, I mean, these are the interesting thing is like, if you would just be the church that Jesus called you to be and the Christian that Jesus called you to be, then these things naturally overflow and we shouldn't have to be saying mm-hmm. all these practical things, but, uh, there are these practical things. I would also say, I think most foster parents would say to specifically older people who aren't in a place to foster, we need more guardian ad items. Yeah, that's a big... Uh, which are voices for the children in court. Mm-hmm. And um, that's probably the biggest gap I see in yeah. foster care. If you're not familiar with guardian ad item, basically they're... Corn- Qu- I can't talk. Quarantine? <laughs> I was trying to say court This appointed. is 2022, not 2020. <laughs> so I said court appointed, but I'd combine those words, advocates for the children. And so there was their job, it's a volunteer job, is to spend time getting to know the child and advocating for their best interest... In, in the court system, in the legal system. And and this is a huge need because the guardian is a unique role because the state usually repre- represents the interest of the parents, the biological right. parents, and the foster parents in cases don't. They oftentimes get to give input but aren't really a, a voice for even for the child. They are advocating for the child, but right. that's not – they don't often have the uh, – And sometimes they're very biased. Yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. biased because they think yeah, what yeah. they're doing. And so the guardian litem is trained to be in this neutral – advocate for the child and advocate mm-hmm. for what's best for the child. And I think um, I think our church, and we have several guardian mm-hmm. lights in our church, yeah. and I think our church has a lot of people who could do this well, because we have, we have a church that in general just has a really high IQ and a good, like, yeah. uh, just very knowledgeable, very methodical, and that's yeah. that's a great quality, but also very empathetic and caring and nurturing because, you know, Jesus... Some is, of y'all talk good and read yeah, good. I just think there's a lot of people in our church who really could take this step of being a guardian litem, and we'd love to give you information yeah. about that, or even point you, give you contact information of some within our church who are serving in that way, yeah, uh, and so that they can help you through that process. I think mm-hmm. that is a Great, great point. Anything else? Just adoptive families need. Um, You've done it three times. Money, yeah, money. (laughs) Yeah, done it three times. Not through the state. I mean, it's expensive, and uh, the needs, you know, don't stop even after adoption. You know, for us, we, you know, ours were private adoptions, and so we fundraised and we wrote, you know, applications for grants, and God provided. So I would just say, be be generous to families, and even afterwards, it's you know. Yeah. Are, it's helpful. Those the needs don't go away. Um, one thing you said too, just about um, this should be the natural rhythm of Christians. I think when Christians are, when believers are doing the things that Scripture just plainly teaches, and as far as investing in others, reaching others, caring for others, all these things help take care of themselves because we we gravitate towards those who are in need. I think a huge way that is often understated in terms of what the church's role and helping children who've experienced uh, hard things coming into foster care, adopted, you know, adoption situations, is working and serving in kids' yeah, and student ministries. Right. That's good. Uh, because our, our kids... And I, when I say our kids, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking for kids who've experienced hard things. We, I mean, it's awesome when the church is the first place that they feel safe, and, and that stabi- will only happen when they have stability, yeah. like mm-hmm. people who are volunteering and working in a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, all parents, when, they, when your kids get older, you want other people, voices of truth speaking into them. And I think for me is, you know, one of our, one of our children who's, you know, getting in middle school who's adopted, like, I feel like he needs that even more uh, right now, not be- just because of what he's lived through. He needs more right. 
Uh, and it's, it's okay. And that's not yeah. his fault. That's just reality. Um, and I'm thankful for the people who provide that who mm-hmm. are consistent. So I would say be consistently volunteering, serving, mentoring, all those things. That is, that is, you can't really overstate how important mm. that is. Um, you know, I think at a previous church, we had, there were two women who we had a lot of young kids coming into foster care, like one and, you know, one year old, two year old, and that they were that class. They worked in that class and they were there every Sunday for all the services and they, they came to worship at eight and then they served for two hours mm, after that. Cause they were awesome. like, we want, and their, their, their mindset was like, Hey, we can't bring these kids into our home, but we can be the same faces, know these kids, love these kids, pray over these kids, hold these kids, rock these kids and be help this be the, a place that they, they feel safe. So, mm. um, you cannot overstate mm-hmm. how important that is. So, no. um, to our questions this week, we've got, um, are really related to uh, foster care adoption, just some things that uh, people often ask. Mm-hmm. So the first question will be for you. Uh, how can you love a child, bring a child into your home, and then give that child back? Because mm-hmm. that does happen in foster care. Mm-hmm. And I would say that is a number one reason that people, when I talk to people, like, why? When they say, I just don't know if I could ever do that. Right. And I, hey, I understand where that mm-hmm. question's coming from. So. Yeah, I, our first placement, actually... Um, you know, it came into our home. This is our first experience with foster care. You know, we, we did have the long-term goal of eventually providing permanency for a child, but realizing, hey, you know, we're here to meet needs. The kid was with us uh, for almost a year, um, and it was moving towards adoption. And then right when it got to, like, the crunch time, uh, some relatives stepped in uh, who had said previously they were unwilling, and the court was like, hey, he needs to go with them. And so that, that was hard. You know, that was very hard. Um, so we – this isn't just hypothetical. This is legit. Um, however, in that situation, you know, we really felt like, hey – this is good. I mean, this is a good situation he's going into. Um, and there's been other children who, you know, have been reunified. Uh, they've come through a home um, quickly. Uh, and we felt like it was good. I think, I think, like, we again have to remember why are we doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not to get the image we want of a family or to complete our picture of family. It's to be God's servants. And so mm-hmm. we do see, like, the goodness and all that. I mean, again, in our mind, it's like, it would be better to be with us, but I mean, we trust in God's sovereignty there. Um, I think what, what is hard is when they get to go back to their parents, um, and we don't feel as secure Mm -hmm. about that, which we actually haven't, um, personally experienced that. Um, but I think that that is harder. A lot of people do experience that and they know, you know, it's not a good situation. Yeah. you know it's good maybe right now, but history tells you it may, won't be good that way for a long time. So, yeah. And ultimately, I think you have to really trust in the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, in that process. Um, you know, and I would just say that, like, with every person who comes into our life, including our own children, mm-hmm. like our biological children, we are just trying to be... <sighs> pictures of Christ to them for as long as we have influence. And so when we see ourselves as servants of others and as ambassadors for Christ Mm -hmm. in that purpose, I think it makes it a lot easier, but it's still hard, man. It's still hard. Yeah, we have to steward them. Absolutely. Like they're, they're, God has trusted us with these gifts and we give them back to him. Yeah. Lord. Yeah. So what would you say has been the hardest thing about adoption, foster care. Okay. Uh, those are different questions. Yes. Foster care is just... Um, giving them back. I th- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Foster care is probably the lack of passion about justice mm. 
from people who are in the justice system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You really think about that. the Psalms. Yeah. And um, I, I think I'm a pretty good leader, and I think I could probably step into some of these organizations <laughs> and do pretty well. Um, but realizing that's not what the Lord has called me mm-hmm. to do. And so uh, like just really relinquishing trust to him and control, that would be the the biggest mm-hmm. one. And then uh, uh, the hardest thing about adoption, um, you know, our, our adopted child and soon to be adopted child are young. So we haven't fully walked through uh, all those issues. But I, I think that children find the lowest common denominator to appeal to when they're frustrated with their parents. Mm-hmm. And so I think adopted children are going to use that uh, justifiably because of trauma they've experienced, mm-hmm. but also unjustifiably because it's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Um, and so I think not like, I think removing yourself from that situation and remembering it's not about you personally Mm-hmm. is very difficult to do. It's difficult yeah. in our homes. Mm-hmm. And so this is an area in our home. What about you? You're, yeah. you, you're a little farther down the road there. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would say the hardest thing, I mean, there's there's some extraneous things that for the moment seem hard, you know, like just sacrifices you have to make. And in the moment they seem hard, but then you're like, man, when you look at Jesus, you're like, it's worth it. You're like, we're not going to do that because we got this many kids, right? We got six kids and that's just not going to happen, you know? And and I think our our older kids or our biological kids are like fairly well at peace with that. Not that they don't want to do other things, you know, but ultimately, you know, looking at Jesus, like it's not a sacrifice. I think really the hardest part is realizing that all these things that I think are the issue like the hardest part is really deal. Like I think in a way, and this is God's grace to me and Christy would agree that like it's coming face to face with just how sinful we mm, are. That's and good. This process. Mm-hmm. Not that's has, good that you're sinful, yeah. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm yeah. coming face no, to, I mean, you're right. It, you're right. I it, think it has, I mean, and this could have happened. This can happen in people other ways. I'm saying God has used adoption to reveal it in us. That we are, we, all these issues that I think I want to blame on this or that, it's just my wicked, sinful Mm -hmm. heart that Mm -hmm. the Lord is renewed uh, and he is renewing. And it is really hard to come face to face with like, I thought I would, like, I I use this analogy, like, and I had a friend started this when he was like, if you would ask me before I got married, like, are you a selfish person? I've been like, no, I'm not selfish at all. Like, I love to serve it. And they got married. And I realized, oh my goodness, I'm so mm-hmm. selfish. Mm-hmm. And then you like, you get kind of in a groove and you're like, all right, I'm not, you know, we, we were serving each other. And then you have kids and and you realize I'm selfish. I want what I want. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, mm-hmm. adopting then showed us because there are some specific needs that it's brought to our family. And it is what it is. And we don't, we don't like despise it. I right. think now there's probably, there's moments where we have very honestly, yeah. but also like that's, that was sin in us. Right, that wasn't, yeah. that's not the child. That's not the Lord. That is us. You have unchristlike <laughs> expectations and your yeah. disappointment stems from those unchristlike. Exactly. But and you don't realize how much you have those unchristlike expectations until they're not yeah, met, right? Like Exactly. And, and you so, have to choose Christ over. Yes, actually. So that's, honestly, that's been the hardest part is just recognizing how uh, how much of a big, nasty <clears throat> sinner I am. But also, like... How good the Lord is to sustain us. You're a big stinky sinner over there. I smell the stench of your sin right now. Smell it on me. 
But uh, I mean, really, I, I would say that's just the truth. As being transparent, it's, well, that's the hardest part. I would say, you know, you know, if you've got questions more about foster care adoption, you know, let us know. We want to point you in the right direction of how to respond. Again, there's great uh, agencies in our area. One yeah, more child. One more child. We're both uh, repping them today. That's you got right. your coffee that's cup. That's right. They're great. And then there's some other... What would you do if I just took a drink out of that right there? <laughs> well, I think it's empty. Oh, it's now. empty. You can, have the, yeah. you can have the backwash that's Ooh. left in the book. Um, also, if you want an interest in pursuing private adoption, international yeah. adoption, there's some great agencies in our local area, Lifeline Children's Services, uh, Catholic Charities in our area, uh, work with that. Um, so you can reach out. We can put you in touch with people. Yeah, I would say that you're not alone, probably, if you're a part of a church family. But if you're part of our church family, you are definitely not alone. We got your back, no question asked, yeah, for so sure. let us know. So, hey, uh, we're going to uh, close out that conversation and move on to a little game here. And I got a little game to play if I got to find my notes. Uh, so uh, here we go. We're going to play a little game called One Word, where I'm going to say something, and you just got to say the word that comes to your mind, whether it's an adjective, a noun, just word association here. And we're going to kind okay. of move the timeline. We're going to start with Thanksgiving. Like Thanksgiving wasn't that long ago. And we're just going to kind of work through the weekend <coughs> and then uh, and okay. look ahead to Christmas. So okay. here we go. Okay. All right. Pumpkin pie. Whipped cream. Oh, That's wow. two words. Oh, that's this that's compound. That's okay. 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 Wow. Okay. See, I was like nasty. That was. <laughs> oh man, no, I love. <laughs> I do not like pumpkin pie. A little bit of chilled pumpkin pie with some cool whip on it. No, so my mom made pumpkin cheesecake. So and that was good. I, it's too. So I, I like like one piece of pumpkin cheesecake, but it's so sweet. Mm. It wasn't yeah. this one. Wasn't sweet because my mom. It was homemade. So oh, okay. good job, mom. Yeah. All right, ready. Cranberry sauce. Can. <laughs> it's better out of can. <laughs> It's so funny. Uh, we hosted a life group. Ridges. Uh, yeah, with the ridges. You're like, this game. Yeah, yeah. Somebody uh, from a life group brought some homemade cranberry sauce to a thing last week, and it was so good. And then we had the can for actual Thanksgiving. All right. Good. Black Friday. Deals. Deals. I just think. Yeah, I mean, I don't do any of it, you know. Yeah. But, man, I tell you what, this year it's crazy because uh, computers and TVs, like yeah. the deals this year because the supply, you yeah, know, and exactly. demand. It, I was listening to this NPR talk because I'm super liberal. I'm super liberal. Like I really like to li – even though it's gotten so out there, I like to hear kind of how hear people think yep. and uh, disagree with them half the time. But uh, <laughs> they were talking about how, like, things you need are so expensive now – but things people want are actually becoming very less expensive yeah. because uh, supply well, and demand. Yeah. I had not thought about that, but now, yeah. now I know. Yeah. All right. So ready? Kids with homework over school breaks. Stupid. I agree. I'm just over it. I'm like, why did we? I mean, I, I love, I support teachers. Like, a, like let them be kids, man. Like, let them no be kids. No more homework or, or projects over breaks. Let them be kids. Please and thank you very much. Somebody just hit unsubscribe. Who <laughs> I'll, hey, I'll support teaches. you, teachers. I get it. And then you're under very unrealistic expectations. But all right. Um, Florida Gators. Average. <laughs> yeah. Six and six, man. So sad. I'm, uh, all right. That was dirty. That was low. That was low. That it was gets low. lower. Ready? Billy Napier. <laughs> not Oops. doing it. Not no. not to one word. Not doing it. There like you go. he's not. It doesn't look. I'm not. I'd say unlikely. Yeah. You know, a magic eight ball. For those right? of you don't know, that's the coach of the Florida Gators. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I know. I was I was cheering for Florida because one of our kids loves Florida, so yeah. I got to cheer Tackle, for him. Boys. But, Tackle boys. Man, it was rough. All right. <laughs> Florida State beating Florida. <laughs> Told you it was getting low. <laughs> 
Lame. Sound of Lame. Yeah. Lame. That look you just gave me. That was, was dirty, man. That was dirty. All right. So now we've moved on from I see uh, what you're doing. Thanksgiving okay, weekend. Yeah, yeah. And now we are on to Christmas cookies. Christmas cookies. Sugar. It's too, su- too sugary. I don't um, do them. I love Christmas I'm fat cookies. enough as it is, Justin. <laughs> I got to avoid that stuff. Oh, man. I love Christmas cookies. Um, all Wait, right. what defines a Christmas cookie, though? Cookies made at Christmas. <laughs> okay. So could an Oreo <laughs> some, that's some green red, and with red With some red be... and green sprinkles. Okay. On top. okay. Sugar cookies with sprinkles. Okay. Uh, gingerbread cookies, um, all those things. Yeah. Uh, gingerbread's not that good. All right. You're just sentimental. <laughs> you are. Right. I like to roll. I like to make them from scratch. Roll the dough out. Man. You're sentimental. I am. All right. Christmas parties. Exhausting. Woo! Yeah, I'm an extrovert. It's too much. We have so many Christmas parties. Listen, we have we have to divide. We're, tomorrow we'll work on an Excel spreadsheet in our staff meeting to make, make sure, sure like a pastor is attending. To, but it's but too many. Lot. There's a lot. It's too I many. Think our life group is going to do our Christmas party during life group because everyone. We, like, yeah, good Our call. life group all has kids and like good from call. little kids all the way through teenagers, and we're like. This is the only time it works, so which is yeah. fine. All right, yeah. I, I think with Christmas parties, I feel like I have like one red shirt that's a Christmas shirt, so I wear it like a mm. bunch during December mm. and then never wear it again. Mm. Um, all right, and lastly, does it say nothing but the blood though? Because you <laughs> don't right. want it to people yeah. to think it's a Santa shirt. That's right. Keep Christ okay. in Christmas. Yeah. It says it all, um, and it has a crocheted cat on it because nothing says Christmas. Nice, like a cat yes, crochet. nice. I agree. All right, last one. Christmas shoes. Whoa. Is that a word? <laughs> I was just thinking, Whoa. how do we transcribe that? How is YouTube going to translate that? Man, there's there's a lot of sweet old ladies in this church that tear up every time they hear that song. You know, I, and think, there's, young I think there's some young men yeah. who cry. Young too. men, no. <laughs> no. I, uh, I mean, no. I have a I have a memory right in the car with my dad and that song came on and he Ah uh, David Wyatt was crying. He, he's oh a, man, he's a he's a, a tender heart. He's a tender heart. And now he, he wasn't a softy growing up, he's a softy now. And yeah. which I think I'll probably will be the same way yeah. uh, at that age. And uh yeah, but I just think Your mom's a tough cookie, so she is. they, they balance tough. each other out. Hey, she's tough. But I think You hear that, Ann? She's she does. She hears she oh, listens okay. to Boggy Talk. Okay. Um, she's great though. So she is great. Yeah. She makes great pumpkin Please don't cheesecake. Please do <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, every now and then, Principal Ann comes out because okay. she was elementary school principal. Good, yeah, yeah. She admits it. Um, <laughs> I think Christmas shoes basically is the result of some people getting together in a room like, we need to create the most sentimental Christmas song ever that is guaranteed to make people cry. What can it be? And they is, there, start, is there a Hallmark movie made after, like maybe, based on ooh, Christmas shoes? That's, if there's not... I'm well. I'm Let's all, do it. All the Hallmark movies are like you know cheesy, like big city person move go get snowed in in a small town. And I saw. I think I saw a meme. It's like here, here's to all the men, big city men who are about to get dumped for the guy, a small town boy in <laughs> flannel shirt. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But man, we should make a Christmas shoes Hallmark Christmas movie. Shoes. Oh man. I mean, we wouldn't need. We wouldn't need like would, salaries here anymore. It would be the saddest movie ever. I mean. Like movies that you know you're gonna cry. What's the saddest movie you've ever seen? Hmm. Uh, Billy Madison. Oh, Billy Madison. <laughs> just kidding. I was like, <laughs> saddest like, movie I've sad. ever seen. I don't like like movies where like kids Charlotte's stuff Web. happens. To- <laughs> Charlotte's so sad. stuff happens to kids. I'm like, I'm not watching that. Like, why do yeah, people watch notebook. like? Just kidding. Yeah. This literally the saddest movie I've ever seen. Is a movie called My Life. It has Michael Kidman, I mean Michael Keaton and Nicole Kidman in it. 
and it's a story. It, it is basically at the beginning of this movie, this husband and wife like find out like simultaneously they've been waiting and they couldn't get pregnant. They have a child and at the same time find it's out Satan? He, has, he has terminal cancer. Oh gosh, why? Why people? And so the whole why do you watch movie, this? Why do you make the this? Whole, I didn't know it was about but the whole movie is him making a video of uh. his life. So his child will get to know him. And it's one of those movies where you don't start, I mean, if you don't start crying at the end. You start crying about 20 minutes in, and you don't stop until the end. Well, I wouldn't. I would just be like, this is Remember watching that a long time me. ago, and we were like, why did we do this? And if you ever just need to cry, watch that movie. It's terrible. Uh, but anyway, so speaking. I've cried during movies, but, you know, I just. <laughs> me, it's usually my like. My kids are like. Are you crying? I, I get like, like one no, tear no. and it yeah. uses, like one tear and it starts to roll down the cheek and the kids yeah. start looking at me and I'm like, hey, I cried in I cried in up when I was a, I was a youth pastor. I took students to see the movie. Yeah, up. and I yeah. cried in the beginning of up, but I was like, I can't let my students see me cry because it's sweet. Yeah, that was sweet. That was sweet. Granted, granted, I thought they should have adopted, but you know, I don't know their full circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little judgy. Oh, I, was a little, I was a little judgy. I'm like, there's so many children that need to be adopted. You're this, on, cute, Disney, you're your this cute together. couple. Like, Disney, leverage Come that, on, right? Yeah, but like, they didn't. You know, it's got just so, so, so. I mean, they're Disney. Was, like, if it had been a gay couple, they would have ado- let them adopt it. Especially in the- this year. Yeah, that's right. 2022. There you go. Oh, there's our commentary <laughs> on Disney. <laughs> you, that's, the, that's the free. The free. I, I, I teared up in Toy Story 4 or 3. Oh yeah, the end where yeah, yeah they're like oh. coming down the fire. You think yeah. they're about to all burn because like... my my son like anyway full circle yeah. yeah there's just I, and I thought it was like the last Toy Story, but yeah. it wasn't. I, I like a good. I mean, I like a good moving storyline. So there, there you was go. tears in my eyes. There's tears in there. There's tear. Oh, there's a song. Tears. I don't know. There's lots of songs of tears. Tears in heaven. There you go. Anyway, we're gonna cut <laughs> this because we're just rambling. Tears in heaven. We are. We are. You are gone. <laughs> that was the first line that came to my mind. <laughs> for the, the one tears. of you. Thanks for listening to the next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.